Hi, everyone. Um, the themes discussed in this episode are only loosely related to uh, to the topic of competitive Warhammer 40k um, that, that you're used to listening about here at Contact Loss. However, I personally find them really important, and I believe more spotlight needs to be cast onto the topics of neurodiversity and disorders such as ADHD, ADD, uh, spectrum of autism, and yeah, also other disorders, because uh, as you will soon find, if you listen to uh, to more of episodes like this, uh, these are pretty common in the 40k community um, at large. Um, and I hope that thanks to shows like this, uh, um, you know, it will improve the understanding of, of such disorders and therefore improve the interactions that we have at the gaming table as well. Uh, but please bear in mind that I am not a doctor and neither are my guests. Um, I'm not a specialist on the topic either. Uh, I am just a dad of a nine-year-old uh, with autism, Tourette's and ADHD, and a husband to a wonderful woman with OCD, ADHD and depression. So I consume literature related to the topic, but most importantly, I just experience it on a daily basis. And I feel that I know something about it, possibly enough to to be able to discuss about it with others and not offend anyone. Um, also, please remember that whatever you hear uh, in here is for your information only. Uh, you should not try to self-diagnose yourself. You should not self-medicate. Uh, I just want you to have an open mind and open eyes. And if any of the themes that we mentioned here uh, sound not so far from home, then perhaps it is time to consult a specialist. Um, so yeah, with, with that out of the way, uh, let's listen to the intro music and then I will introduce my guest. Sorry for the lengthy introduction. Welcome everyone to the show. This is the, the part of the show for what we call now on our Facebook page, the hashtag thoughtful Thursday show or episode or article, whatever we I decide to, to post on a Thursday in a given week. Uh, previously, I posted an article about, uh, or an interview uh, with Scrivo from Team Wales, uh, who talked about his still undiagnosed ADHD, but he is quite confident that he has ADHD. Today, I have a special guest with me, a celebrity of the 40K world or just miniature world uh, at large, uh, Mr. Adam Abramovich from The Army Painter. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Uh, celebrity is a bold, a bold statement. I'm the host. I decide who you are. You are the sure. celebrity. I have to obey by your rules. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, seriously. I uh, I consider you a, cel a celebrity. I've heard your name, I don't know, 10 years ago or something like this and only met you this year at the WTC, but uh, it was an honor uh, to meet you. It is it's an honor, honor to meet you. It was, it, was, uh, it was really nice to kind of jump on during that stream. It was great. 
And it's also an honor to actually cooperate with you. But today it's it's not about that. Today it's about something else. Um, so as part of the Thoughtful Thursdays, uh, it is my intention to bring topics of neurodiversity to the spotlight. Uh, because as mentioned in the in the disclaimer, uh, it is quite common in the 40K community. So um, this is what we are going to, dis to be discussing today. Uh, a couple of weeks, sorry, weeks ago, uh, while browsing Facebook, I noticed that Adam made a comment. I think it was maybe on Scary's uh, comment about something, or Scary also commented on a post. But basically, ADHD was the theme of that, and and Adam made a comment. So I reached out because this is also a topic close to my heart, and uh, we started talking. And it turns out that Adam is really well versed on the topic because he is, or he has been diagnosed with ADHD himself. Adam, uh, can you explain to our listeners what ADHD is? I mean, you've been diagnosed. You know exactly what that is. You know exactly what difficulties and opportunities it brings with it. So let's start maybe with a definition. Like, how do you understand it? Do you want to go with a medical definition or your own definition? How do you feel about it? I, this is a tough one to wrap up because uh, it's still something that I'm learning about even now that I've been diagnosed later in life, a couple years later, a um, couple years down the road, um, ADHD can be a superpower. Um, ADHD can be uh, very frustrating at times. Um, it can be a nuisance, especially for your loved ones and the people that you work with. Um, but ADHD at the end of the day is a characteristic. It's not an identity. It's not something that defines you um think of it like an injury and ailment ailment i don't like to think of adhd necessarily like that i like to think of it as an asset but um adhd is something that i'm learning more and more about uh in my life today i'm seeing it more and more in my life today um but it's something that uh i will never understand fully i think even scientists that are well versed on the topic wouldn't really say that they understand it fully. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's not a bad thing. It's it's just the nature of of this con condition, let's call it, or this disorder, uh, as the the last D in the abbreviation suggests. But like, uh, as I said in the disclaimer as well, I'm I'm a dad of of a child with ADHD, and my wife has been diagnosed this year uh, with ADHD we read a ton of books we like you know how uh, mar married couples nowadays sit on two opposite edges of the couch and they just send each other memes and so on like from from instagram or something so my wife sends me anything from instagram that she finds that has adhd in it to educate me so like instead of watching funny cats or dogs i i just watch people talking about adhd and and how they how what their life is like etc so yeah, I feel that I have accumulated a certain amount of knowledge about this, but to people who are not familiar with it or like have not experienced it or don't know anyone who openly speaks about it um, or has it, uh, it's considered a, 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 a deficit or a deficit that is a spectrum of deficits that could be a deficit of concentration, a deficit of, well, not the deficit, deficit, but like, um, hyperactivity is also like a symptom of this and uh, I guess 
acting on impulse is also quite common uh, when it comes to people with ADHD. So this is the premise of the conversation that we are going to have uh, those topics and we are going to orbit around them, so to say. Uh, so let's start maybe with a question. Has anything changed after your diagnosis? And again, it's a loaded question because it probably requires an explanation of what it has been like before, what led you to actually seek diagnosis. And then once you got it, was it a relief? Was it an explanation? Did it help? Or are you even more confused? Yeah. Um, I am more enlightened since the diagnosis um, because I, I've taken the time to research it and understand it because and I think it's important for people to realize, I mean, at least for me growing up, I'm 39 years old. I was diagnosed, I think, year 36 for me. Um, somebody with ADHD or ADD growing up was the hyper kid in class, mm. right? The kid who who couldn't stop tapping his feet, who couldn't stop interrupting, who was, you know, causing trouble. That was the kid with ADHD. That's what we thought ADHD was. Yeah. Um, and it is not just that. Yes, that can be the thing and ADHD is doesn't necessarily mean that you're a hyperactive person and you're always bouncing and 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 upbeat no it's it's actually not that at all and th there's that and more actually there's the other side of ADHD and the, the hyperactiveness is the lows that people experience so i think what a lot of people don't recognize is that depression is also very closely linked to people with ADHD yep um Great way to describe it. I'm a very outgoing person. I mean, you saw me in Belgium when we were at WTC. Mm -hmm. I have no problem making friends and making connections. Like in an instant. Mm -hmm. That's just, it's who I am and it's, and it's, it's how I've kind of always been. Um, but, you know, after a long week at, at WTC or at a trade show, or even when I, I travel to Denmark uh, to visit HQ for a week, I come home and I have to shut down physically. Um, the the my understanding of adhd is that it, you know your body craves something that you are not getting your brain is craving endorphins that your body doesn't naturally produce enough and of dopamine dopamine exactly um that's why like a lot of people with adhd have bad spending problems right they're impulse shoppers or um you know, they addiction runs very strongly with with people with ADHD as well, because um, you're constantly trying to fill this piece of your brain that you don't have. But the other side of that is too much of it causes a crash, just like, you know, kids with candy mm -hmm. um, to put it in the most simple way. Um, but uh, there, there's so many aspects to it. And for me, uh, after my diagnosis, it was actually kind of a relief. Um, I just, uh, Tweek had no idea that I did a podcast. Uh, I think anybody that watches this, I would say majority of the people that, that watch this either know me from the army painter. If you're a competitive 40 K player and you've been around for a while, you've probably heard about my podcast or listened to it. And if you go back and listen to it, you could probably identify this the stage in my life was uh, where I was trying to figure out what was wrong. Um, you know, and finally started to see and talk to professionals. I mean, it took a long time, but I hit a very, 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 very bad, deep low. Um, I didn't share all of that on the podcast, um, but some of it came out. 
and okay obviously it's depression and anxiety and you start to treat that but that's that wasn't the thing yes anxiety and depression were linked they were they were more symptoms of of the problem um so hearing uh from another doctor that i i think that you are you know textbook adhd and i was very confused by that because of my understanding of it and then i started to do my own i hate to use the term research it's not research but i, I started to read up on it and, mm -hmm. and and search for things and and around that time as well i i was trying to figure out TikTok to see if our company needed to be on TikTok. Mm -hmm. and i didn't exactly know if it was the right thing for the company but because of the way that the algorithm magically works i started getting content about adht and neurodivergence and neurotypicals and the difference mm -hmm. in how to how to live with a spouse that has ADHD and how you know how to understand what this means um and that was actually in, in a strange way I was like at TikTok you've been fantastic because it helped me to better understand and identify with other people who are also experiencing the thing, same things and also people that were I think like me at similar stages of their life um potentially married maybe potentially with children and and still functioning um, and that was big for me. Sorry for like moving around, but, uh, I, uh, like me. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, I, I just wanted to, to reach for a book because, okay. uh, you mentioned TikTok. I, I talked about Instagram. There is a couple on Instagram. Uh, they are married and it's Richard Pink and Roxanne Emery. Uh, and they wrote the book. I have it in Polish, unfortunately, but it's called Dirty Laundry, I think. Uh, okay. And it's uh, essentially about the functioning of a married couple in a relationship. You, you know, they started with a with an Instagram account, and then they wrote the book. I'm not getting anything for promoting this book, but uh, it's just a good read to yeah. understand what relationships uh look like or like being married to a person with adhd uh is like but we will get to that in a moment perhaps so maybe let's focus on you know um how it affected you you you've mentioned at school you were this hyperactive child uh and this i is wasn't very i actually you weren't wasn't. no 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 so i understood um, I... I understood that you were like all over the place and so on so in school I was all over the place in different ways. So when I was in in year three or four, I, and I, I, I distinctly remember this because they took me into the trailer. My, my teacher thought that there was something wrong with me. She thought that I, I, I uh, you know, that the word that she used, you don't use anymore. Um, and uh, so she wanted me to have an IQ test. And the reason was, is, you know, if if I was not interested in what was happening in school, I was literally in the clouds. I was looking out the window. I was watching the birds. I was counting how many of them. Um, I was trying to draw them. And then I was doing something else. And then I hear something from class. And that, oh, that interests me. I hear I hear her say George Washington. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. I have a story about George Washington. And I'm ready to talk about it. But I wasn't super hyperactive. It was the attention and the deficit, right? So it was the ADD, not the ADHD. Maybe, so I don't know. But that, that, that maybe now, maybe I grew into it. I have no idea. But I remember distinctly sitting down. I remember I had to draw these rings and how they, you know, look at this. And, that, and I had a 
I was I was an intelligent kid, and they they finally said he will probably do really well in in college when he gets to university, mm-hmm. when he can focus on the things that he wants to. But right now, he's not he's not getting what he needs, and that really opened up my teacher's eyes to maybe this kid needs to be taught a different way and motivated a different way. That's fantastic. There was no diagnosis then. I was Mm -hmm. never diagnosed, but I was very fortunate to have some great educators in my life. Um, You know, and I I like to draw. I was, I was a talented artist as a kid and, 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 you know, sketcher, painter, whatever. Um, So yeah, if you pay attention, you're able to get this workbook done. Um, If there's extra time, we'll save some time for you after class so you can work on this project. And I kind of had my own drawing project for the remainder of the year, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but So have you ever have you ever been like, de- because this is very typical for, for children with ADHD and then actually anyone with, with it, uh, that they, they get this label gifted but lazy. So have you ever actually been given that label? I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Not me. Um, I don't think so. Maybe somebody did. Maybe they told my parents that, but I've I I don't have a memory of somebody giving me that that title because I would remember that. Mm-hmm. So my wife definitely got that because yeah. she 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 is a great singer. She plays the guitar and she dances, but she only does it if she. But calculus doesn't make sense to her, right? Exactly. Yeah. So she it, she only does it when she is interested. Any other thing, like. And and again, this is typical for ADHD. Even like everyday things, yep. like doing the dishes or asking her to put a mug in the dishwasher doesn't work. Or you know, please do, please vacuum the floor or like whatever. She will procrastinate. She will find it overwhelming. And this is because, first, uh, it's it can be complicated. Those basic things for us, let's say neurotypical people, can be overwhelming for neurodiverse people. There are a bunch of steps involved in it, so they can get like neurodiverse people can get lost along the way. Yep. And it's why we like no, the team. And there is no dopamine kick. So, like, there is nothing fun in doing the dishes. I, I, yes. So that's, it's, it's interesting because that I, I I think I'm, I've been a highly functioning ADHD diagnosis because I've found ways to manage in situations where I've had to, right? Mm -hmm. And I still do. Um, You know, we have this great, just, work work can be a, a disaster for for neuro neurodivergent people especially people with adhd mm-hmm. um because you have to fit your you have to fit into a system that wasn't created by you and might not work for your brain just like education is not easy for children because you're trying especially in the states it's it's all systemized you're all taking the same tests every three years and as school is as school right Mm-hmm. And we're very fortunate that today it's it's more widely recognized. I told you before this, like two o'clock this afternoon, I was on an interview with somebody who's doing a thesis about this and and gaming and how it helps students and people that are suffering with 
neurodivergence, other mental health issues, PTSD, yada, yada, yada. It's a like wormhole that we won't go down and love to talk about. But, you know, we, it's all, for me, it's all about the routine, right? So if things are kept clean, and this is like, I don't think I have OCD, but if things are, have a place and an order, mm-hmm. then I, my life is much better. I work from home. So if there's, if there's stuff all over the, the house, mm-hmm. got to put it away. It has to be right. It has to be clean. Things need to be in the right place, you know, for me to be productive. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means for certain things, I can't work here. This is my desk. This is where I work. This is where I go to work. This is my office. But sometimes if I really need to focus on, you know, a a project that's going to take all of my brain, right? Mm -hmm. I need to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I take my laptop. I go sit on the porch. I go sit on the couch, make sure that the blankets are picked up and the room is clean, you know, but it, it's, I think that that's why I've been a high functioning diagnosis is because mm-hmm. I, I I've managed to do that my entire life and then after the diagnosis it made more sense so I I, inf- I I put systems in place to make me be in positions to function mm-hmm. yeah it makes perfect sense what you just said like my again I, I'll use my wife as an example because she is at arm's reach almost although I... sleeping in bed um, but she can achieve great things and she is like very talented in many areas but very often she finds herself just sitting in the in her bed or sitting on our couch unable to do anything because the room is a mess yeah and uh it's very common again especially i think in women with adhd and it's like they they get diagnosed way less frequently yes. than than men that's a real, uh, very real thing so so the, the, they have the, a tendency and it's not intentional but they have a tendency to mask their symptoms yeah. so like they could be extremely highly successful business women for example but then they come back home and the home is a junkyard like you you can literally find a, a spot where you can you sh- you need to do a whole episode on masking because that's kind of the that's, so this that's, topic that's in general other... is yes a, you know we could cascade into so many different areas it's incredible but yeah um but yeah but 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 it's exactly that so sometimes it's the area and and it, you know and you would think saying well clean this up and you're you're gonna feel better uh yeah. it's it's absolutely not that easy it's no. But it's because I think for, at least for me, and I think for some people that have this diagnosis or uh, maybe they're on the spectrum. I mean, everything's, we are, that's why it's called a spectrum. I, I, I firmly believe that we all exist on this spectrum, right? We all have tendencies. And I think yeah, that some people can, are just not diagnosed yet. <laughs> yeah. Or it's, it's as some people, you know, it's a season. Some, I, I, and again, I am not a doctor, um, but I, I, I think that maybe for some people symptoms are better and worse at different stages of their life. I, or maybe they're just better at masking that, you know, who, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I was going somewhere with this. Um, but, oh, that's, the, the, <laughs> this is exactly what happens. <laughs> yep. And this is what I was going to explain. It, it, 
there's so much going on in our brains and it's not necessarily and, and this could sound like a humble brag right but it's 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 not you get very clouded and because you're you're constantly thinking about a bunch of things i don't know if my mic picked it up when we started the show but you know i heard my daughter running outside to say bye to her friend who was here so she could get home before dark and my every, i'm on tangents over here i'm still listening to you Right. I still know what you're you know, what you're saying, but that's also happening and it's distracting because I can't give my full focus to you. Right. Um, but and, you're an and, adult. And now imagine that this the same thing happens to a kid at school. Exactly. He's gone. Like the, the, the topic of the lesson. Million miles away. <laughs> so I joke. I joke, but it's 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 honestly true. When I walk into just about any scenario or situation. I, I genuinely already know how this could end. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times I can be in a conversation. I know exactly what you're going to say next. Not all the time, but you, 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 you tend to get a feel for that. Mm-hmm. But I also joke that like, like Dr. Dr. Um, Dr. Strange, like, like he's, I've seen 4,113, you know, whatever. Solutions to this. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of that. But like, I've already thought about the worst way that this situation can end. I've already processed. I, I already know the worst thing that mm. could come out of my mouth right now. You know, it might be really funny, <laughs> but it, it, you know, I've, that's the thing. It's like, I already know all the bad things to say, so I don't say them. Um, but that's like real life living in somebody's head that has ADHD. And, and there's, there's other diagnoses that have similar symptoms or whatever i don't even like to call it a symptom it's just the way my brain works um it's not all it's cracked up to be (laughs) that's for me i think the hyperactive stuff is all up Mm -hmm. here yeah i think it's also important to because we do tend to use this people tend to use this vocabulary that uh, again revolves around um I don't know, medical terms like symptoms, cure, treatment, and so on. But ADHD is not really something that you cure or treat. Uh, It's not something that can be cured or treat. You can get medication for it. Maybe we'll touch upon it later. But but essentially, this is, as you said, like a a state of your brain or or a situation that you are in that is here to stay. The sooner you understand, the better. Unfortunately, it is still uh difficult in many countries and this is also important like you are in the states mm-hmm. and i imagine the states are well developed enough to actually have the infrastructure the knowledge the the personnel to uh to help poland is in a fairly good spot when it comes to like educated personnel mm-hmm but the whole system around it, the school system, the medical system, and so on, the, the, the governmental support is non-existent almost. So, and then our, our listeners, my listeners yeah. uh, come from different backgrounds where there could be even countries where what we are talking about right now is a taboo and generally a topic shunned upon and going to a psychiatrist or a psychologist is actually you know, you're going to be pointed fingers at and so on. Right. So this is also something that we need to remember about that. Uh, 
different backgrounds mean different difficulties with this probably yeah everybody's situation is is different and in the states i think that there's there's likely every every resource and option available to us right but is it is it a opportunities though don't exist for everybody right mm -hmm. so i mean it's a big country right the united states is a big country that's what people don't often realize is landmass population wise we are so it's there's a, a lot of differences <laughs> so, you know mississippi is far different than ohio which is far different than colorado california you know and and even parts of states are much different mm -hmm. um and the opportunities there for children for families uh, you know obviously our healthcare system needs a lot of work um in comparison to other parts of the world um but it's also you know, I think in a lot of areas, like you said, it's it's probably taboo or especially for men. I mean, that's it, it, that's why I've tried to be a champion of this and why, you know, I kind of risk coming on these shows and saying something stupid, wearing this shirt with people, you know, because, you know, I, I'm not an expert on this, but, you know, we as men are told to tough it up, you know, and and suck it up and just get through it. Right. And talking about feelings isn't something that you're supposed to do because that's a weakness, you know. Um, what the reality is, uh, look at the suicide rate in men versus women. There's no question there. It's I mean, pretty that, that universal compared. all over the globe. And I, I don't think that it's uh, I don't think that it's a, a coincidence uh, that that mental health is even more taboo for men talking to a therapist, talking to a psychiatrist, opening, um, up, to someone. Mm. opening up to a friend. Um, it's not easy. And we're, you know, society, and I, I think that that's something that is international. You know, I think it's just something that's been ingrained in us since the stone age that, you know, men are, are not supposed to hurt. Men are not supposed to have issues. And, when your brain isn't feeling right and it's making you feel different ways and playing tricks on you because it's really good at doing that when certain cylinders aren't firing all at the same time or certain neurons aren't connecting. Um, you know, men aren't likely to go, mm, something's wrong. I'm going to call the doctor or I'm going to call a therapist or I'm going to call my buddy or I'm going to talk to my wife or husband or whatever your situation might be. And that's what I would like to, you know, cause you, you mentioned, um, resources and abilities to to fix things sometimes yes those those things do exist but we need to take the initiative because nobody else is going to come fix it for us and that's why if we can fix the taboo aspect of it um maybe that that rate of of men's suicide comes down a lot more yeah agreed uh totally agreed again i feel i mean it's interesting uh i think this is also something that that is a, a, a problem related to what we just said that there is it, it, it almost feels like getting a diagnosis is like a stigma sometimes in certain yeah. circles uh and the reactions that that you get uh you know adult people like my wife for example uh she got the diagnosis this 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 may and the first question that she got from her mom was why do you even need that? Like, you know, at this age, what for? 
like if like it's a, like it's a fashionable accessory yeah pretty, pretty much like it's like it's a purse or something that, you know um, you need actually, dog there you go so 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 that's that's what i mean um so it it almost as i said it almost feels like like being stigmatized with something and people just don't like that people are afraid of that that this oh. is also i think so just i'll finish the sentence yeah. this is also probably what is stopping people from actually reaching out for help going to a therapist going out to a the, the sheer word psychiatry if you use the word psychiatry in poland that's a red flag that's like yeah. oh my god he's going to a psychiatrist we better not stick around with him or, or you know hang around uh, him because yeah. he might be dangerous or something yeah he's a spaz he's yeah yeah stuff like that um and i think that's why in the past i've i've talked about this and and been on other shows to talk about this and um i i think we need to stop looking at it as as you know a disorder and think of it like an injury mm -hmm. right now i don't did you play sports tweak yeah beyond competitive 40k did you ever get hurt all the time all the time okay you, you sprain your ankle what do you do you go see a doctor they might give you some medicine but you bandage it until mm -hmm. it gets better but that ankle you're going to sprain it again and it's going to become a long-term thing but you've, you've you've sprained it once so you're susceptible for it to sprain again so you mm -hmm. continue to treat that injury professional athletes i mean look at offensive linemen at american football right concussions mm -hmm. yeah they, they, they wear knee braces just to help prevent an injury that they know might happen mm -hmm. that's that's prophylactic you know equipment preventative equipment um sport is healthy yeah, it can be but why wouldn't i treat this sprained brain that i got going on you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it, it, why would i want to suffer why would i want to go through pain why would i want to my work to be more difficult? Why would I want to be a problem for my family and other people around me? Because I've got a bum leg or a bum brain, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, again, it's so multifaceted. Like, of course. Why, why people deny themselves treatment, well, treatment, uh, solutions, let's say. Uh, one of them could be as, as simple as let's call it linguistics and just how to talk about it because mm -hmm. many people like i know many adult men i don't know my father he he's not well versed with all this terminology when i use the term like neurodiversity for the first time at home or like neurotypical mm -hmm. he had no idea what, what it was not to mention the fact that when when my our son got diagnosed his first reaction was did you pay for that? The diagnosis? I was like, well, yeah, waiting for it, for it to get it like with public health care would be, take 10 years. Yeah. He's like, well, if you paid for it, they could write whatever you wanted. So that's part of the problem. But also many people. Is, is he insinuating to like take it off the record? I, I don't know what he's insinuating, but what was really great was that the people who who diagnosed my son yeah. they gave us like this booklet or brochure mm -hmm. that essentially was titled how to talk to grandparents about <laughs> autism that's genius and and i gave it to my dad and 
I'm sure he still doesn't understand it's in its full like spectrum. Right. But at least he understood that if he doesn't change his behaviors and his approach to my son, to his grandson, not gonna have a connection with him. Exactly. So, so you know, that's the first step. Yeah. But coming back to what I said about like the the, the linguistics of it, the, yeah. the terminology and so on, many people are even afraid to start a conversation because they are afraid that they are going to insult someone. Uh, it's the same people don't know how to behave even when you see a person in the wheelchair. Uh, should I open the door? Should I not open the door? Like I'll open. There was a situation in my workplace where someone opened the door to a person in the wheelchair and got told off by the person in the wheelchair not to do that because they are autonomous and they can fend for themselves and so on. That and person you know that person stuck up for themselves and they have a right to do that, but the person who opened the door didn't do anything wrong either. But it's, the person who, who got told off probably is not going to do that again for the next person just because yeah. he had a bad experience and so on. It's very sensitive, very easy to like, you know, get offended with this and both sides can unintentionally offend the other side. So it's also important to talk about it, to make those terms and those words and so on familiar so that people are not afraid of using them, understand yeah. them. But it it's also... Like we hear about ADHD and autism and all that uh, more and more. And it's also like ADHD diagnosis is becoming more and more popular as in common. Uh, it's you get, that's where I was going with this, that older people like my mom, for example, although my mom is a doctor, so maybe she's not the best example, but like my mom's friends would say, Oh, you know, it's fashionable. No wonder he got the diagnosis or something like this. Everyone is getting it. Okay, so, so I, like, I, so I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, but what frustrates me about that, mm -hmm. right? Measles used to be a thing. Yeah. Kids died. People died from measles, right? It's not a thing anymore because we treat it, right? And I'm not saying ADHD and autism are ever going away. They're not, right? But we learned to treat something that saved lives and made people's lives better. Why would we stop? Like one day, 100 years from now, the spectrum is going to be so diverse that we're all even your, your, you know, your dad and your wife's mom are going to exist somewhere on it. Right. Yeah. And it's just going to be a part of normal life. Yeah, absolutely. So where See, are we the, going with this is that the more educated we are, I mean, obviously there are, there is more diagnosis because we have more tools to diagnose. More knowledge about it. Or, yeah. Yeah. There's more so, stars in the solar system because we have more tools tools to go find them. Exactly. So so the more educated we are, the, 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 the more understanding we are going to have. And I yeah. see that, for example, you know, I work in a very specific corporate environment, like in a huge financial institution, uh, corporate one. And, uh, you can tell that the the the, group, the people, uh, the demographic of the people working there is uh, fairly homogenous, and mm -hmm. and and it's like people of of the same age having young ki young kids now from like middle class and so on. Most of those people speak about their mental issues openly. Right. Hell, they even exchange information about the the medicine 
that, that that they take and like the names of meds are, are being thrown left and right because people speak openly about everything but this is my sort of ecosystem in which i function when i leave this ecosystem and i walk the streets people are vastly different like yeah because they have different levels of education different levels of I even wanted to mention empathy. this on the show, like, yes, empathy, but I even wanted to mention this on the show. I understand that if, you know, time passes really quickly, we release, I release, we do this thoughtful Thursday, every Thursday, which means once a week, but I feel like someone listening to this and to the show next week and next week might get the impression that we talk about this too much, that he is getting tired of the topic, which is another thing that could happen, that uh, people will just get tired of it. You don't have to listen. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I know you want them to, but... Yeah. But it's... So there are so many sides to it that that it's really complex. But I still insist that we have to talk about it. I think that some people want to lump it in with like progress Mm -hmm. you know i think every generation they get to a point where they they think progress is stupid and things should just stay the way that they are and they're afraid of having to know more or change the way that they've always been um i tell you what for me personally um i could see how other people at 36 years old or later in life getting a diagnosis um could be difficult figuring out that you have to change the way you've always been or you know i mean i don't know i changing is not easy for people yeah change um, is never easy and and mm-hmm. i don't think that yeah i don't i just I, I hate that there's a stigma around mental health i i really do um but we are you know helping to make that little step to maybe so. do away with it so yeah, uh, yeah I, I know that I'm going to continue doing this. And then, you know, if anyone wants to follow us and do something similar, great. I've seen, um, I don't know how to call it, happenings or events different for different co- organized for different causes by members of the 40K community. I think Stephen Box was doing Movember one or two years in a row, for example. He looks great with a mustache, by the way. Yeah. So Sorry, I just need to clear my throat. Um, <laughs> Got you all hot and bothered. Uh, <clears throat> yes, our, it's, I don't know, a speck of dust or something. But For those that um, don't know, Stephen Box is a very handsome, very fit English male. Who is also an advocate for mental health. Yes, he is. And for health in 40K in general. I think he even created uh, and coined the hashtag fit for 40k. I actually started the fit 40k Facebook group. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, we have the, uh, uh, the originator of that talking to us, which is, which is great. Um, I wanted to touch upon one thing because, uh, as you said at the beginning, ADHD oftentimes links to other things, let's call mm-hmm. it. Um, and you mentioned depression. Mm-hmm. So this is also not uncommon uh, among people playing 40K. 
I have already done a written interview with a friend from here from our north of Poland local community who said that he would like to do even a series of, of interviews or articles about different things that he experiences, so ADHD and depression, among others. Um, how did you deal with it, or are you still dealing with it, if it's not too personal of a question? No, um, I, I'm an open book. Um, I So I am not, I don't medicate for depression, or for, for ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that Ritalin or Adderall is, is right for me. Um, and either does my doctor. Um, but I, I do treat for depression and I take a, a mild medication, um, that seems mm-hmm. to be working now that we've gotten the dosages, right. Um, you know, it's not magic in the box going to make you just like happy all the time. Um, but it at least keeps me in a, a mindset to where I recognize patterns. You know, I recognize yeah. why something is making me feel a certain way. Um, and and that, you know, it doesn't make it necessarily easier, but it definitely makes it better for me um, than the alternative, right? Um, but this, the medicine that I have can be good for people with ADHD. Um, so it kind of helps both, but I treat my doctors are treating me for depression. Um, and and I think I can't speak for everybody with depression because I think it presents for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I think that the, the best thing that, that I can say about depression is that it's not always uh, I'm sad, I want to kill myself. For some people it is, and sometimes it might be for some people. But sometimes it's it's kind of like your wife um, can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. She's lost all energy. She's probably did something that that rode her very high. She was getting her 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 dopamine, her endorphins mm-hmm. and and at a certain point, you can't do any more of that, and it has to stop. I think I told I don't know if I. That's what happens when I go to events, and and you I mean, know yeah. I have to be on, and I enjoy that. Like it's mm-hmm. I get a rush from it. I, I um, but when I'm done, or when You're it's time to be done, you know the meter starts going down, mm-hmm. and the depression sets in, and you're low, and you don't want to talk, and you don't want to think, and you don't want to move, um. I'm better about it, uh, but it's it's just it's it's a part of my life now, mm-hmm. right? It's in, yeah, yeah. So uh, th- there is a lot to unpack in, about what you said because let's start with the medicine. Yeah, uh, but just a couple of remarks for people who are listening who are not well versed with the topic. <laughs> it's not like you are going to go to the doctor. You're going to say what's wrong. The doctor will prescribe something. Happy days. No, it doesn't work like that. Finding the right medicine and the right dosage usually takes months, if not years, and is a horrible, horrible challenge. And it can mess you up as well because bad medicine can lead to symptoms that you don't want. 
Uh, uh, I, I'll give you a firsthand experience. Uh-huh. I, I'd be happy to. And that, that other thing that I want to make sure, like, if you're going through this now and you're being medicated, three years from now, three months from now, you might need to change medication. Uh-huh. You, you you know, it, it, it might not be the right thing for you long term. Um, you might have different situations in your life and different traumas that might present themselves that cause different things to happen and your body to react and your brain to react different ways. But, you know, I, I had a very bad experience with a doctor and uh, they were treating me for depression and anxiety um, because they thought that it was my anxiousness, which was uh, kind of this, this balancing act. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't getting better. And, and I called him and I, I remember I had like seven pills left. And before I refilled the same prescription, I wanted to have a talk with him about, do we need to change this? Do we need to increase the dosage? Do we need to try something different? And when I had that call with him, I like I, I think that I upset him. Like I challenged his authority. And he just said he wasn't going to fill the script and I would have to get another doctor. And here I am. Well, I have seven left. Like, what do I, mm-hmm. I do? Do I need to taper? And he says, nope, just take them until you're done and you're, you'll be fine. And that's what I did. My wife and I were uh, traveled back to my hometown of Philadelphia for a wedding. And it was like um, the way that I could describe it. And I, I finally had to tell my wife, because what do we do? We don't explain when we're hurt, right? We just talked about that. We t- keep it bottled inside. Yep. But it got so bad when I was getting on and off an elevator that I felt like it could be a problem. But my the best way I could describe it, my brain was fast forwarding and rewinding and fast forwarding quickly. And my eyes were blinking while that was happening. Mm-hmm. But not my eye, eyelids were not shutting, but my brain was blinking and this would happen. Then it would stop. And it, it was like, almost like a, almost like a seizure. I, I got, that's what I thought it was. I didn't know what was happening. So mm-hmm. talk to my wife, Google it. Right. And Oh yeah, that's called brain shock. It happens when you don't taper off of certain depression and anxiety meds. Yep. Um, it's not fun. I mean, it, it wasn't hurt by it, but it was not pleasant. And, don't recommend it. But yeah, I mean, like your dosages may change. It's a constant process, you know, going back to the ankle story, you know, like you got a bum ankle, you start treating that. Well, it could present problems in other parts of your body. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe your right hip is now messed up because you're left, you've been favoring your left ankle for so long. Now you have to treat that. Yep. But, it, you know, my, my son is a good example because he has Tourette's that can get um, really bad at times, especially when he's like overstimulated. So in the evenings, usually he has his, uh, I don't know how to call them. I'll call them fits, but if that's not the right word, again, I apologize, but I don't know what the English word is uh, for that. To call them, I've heard fits and I've heard ticks. So, well, yes, ticks, obviously, but like fits, I mean, is like a, a series of ticks, let's call ah. them. So... So we, we went to a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist prescribed medicine. The first medicine just had no effect. Like he was taking it for, I don't know, three months. Oh, sorry, three uh, three weeks, no effect. A month, no effect. So we went back to the psychiatrist. She changed the medicine. It was it, it actually was so bad that he, when, when he was asleep, he would sweat so much oh, that we wow. needed to, to to change the mattress on his bed 
because the reaction to to the meds was was so acute and so bad. So it took us more than half a year to find the right medicine. Uh, and then from time to time, he gets so overstimulated that even though he is taking the medicine, sometimes it feels like he's not. Because you have peaks, you have peaks and valleys. I mean, that's that's yeah. the thing. And it, it, important, just like a bit of education from my vantage point and my experience with my doctor and my treatment, just because you take the pill once doesn't mean that it's automatically going to start. It takes three to three weeks to, yep. you know, 16 weeks sometimes for, for mm -hmm. these medicines to start taking. You need to saturate your organism with it, with the substance and so on. So uh, also an important thing, because I said there's a lot to unpack so we can get, can get off the topic of meds, especially that we are not specialists. Uh, and and, and, and your, your guest has ADHD, so he's very good at going in different tangents. You're welcome. So, so uh, <laughs> the next thing is something that Scrivo mentioned uh, mm -hmm. in the interview that we did that he, well, he, he, he is and wasn't diagnosed, but he just thought that there is something wrong with him. And he, he used to escape into alcohol mm -hmm. to sort of medicate or not, maybe not medicate, but to uh, silence it. Quiet the voices. Exactly. Calm, and... calm things down. Yeah. And if anyone listening to us right now does the same thing, and this is this again, as I said earlier, it doesn't sound that far away from home, that's destructive and probably not the way to go. No, uh, it's never going to help anything. It's going to kill your relationship with your your partner, your family. Um, yep. It, people probably don't know this about being, but my, my, my first real job out of university was working for a TV show that did interventions for drug addicts and alcoholics. And, um, so you had, you, you've seen your fair share, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, so again, just a, a request, if you're listening to this and you're in like, like that, uh, again, talk to it's not going to help. It's not going to help reach out to a specialist. Uh, there is no shame in that. Yeah. Not in today's world. Absolutely. Um, so, but the thing that you mentioned, the word that you mentioned a second ago, uh, that it, it, it will destroy your relationship and so on. So uh, how has your relationship been? How is your wife uh, handling you? <laughs> or how is, you know, you have two kids from, from what I know. You, you have a wife. Um, does ADHD depression affect your family life in any way? Of course it does. I mean, it, it, it absolutely. It's a question with a thesis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think for a lot of people that have later in life diagnoses, um, it's because other things start being affected, right? And you start drinking more because you're trying to chill. Mm -hmm. Chill is how it starts, right? Yeah. Um, and that affects your marriage. It affects your your partnership. It affects your relationship with your children and family and friends. Uh, it affects the way that you work and your ability to work. Um, you know, if I hadn't started to seek help and recognize that the way that I was dealing with it wasn't working, um, you know, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Um, I, you know, so 
yes, I think it's a struggle for a lot of people who have relationships, um, friends, family, marriages, whatever it might be, um, when you are not diagnosed, depressed, hyperactive. Um, but yes, in many, many ways, it's improved. Um, are there still things that I do in, in ways that I behave? Because that's, again, I have ADHD. Um, at least that's what the doctors have told me. Um, and I don't treat the ADHD. So there's certain tendencies that I have and ways that I am that are probably not going to change, right? I, I can try and be better about those things. It doesn't make me an easier person to deal with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, the number one thing is trying to communicate. And when I have been communicating with my wife about the way that my brain perceives things and the way that I process things and the reason why I did something. Um, and that definitely helps um, because communication is everything. If you're not communicating, you're not living together. You're not, you're not yeah. moving forward. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing with, with people with ADHD, I guess that the common misconception about uh, people suffer, well, suffering, it's not suffering from ADHD, it's suffering from the perception that living with ADHD. Yes, living with ADHD is uh, that those people really want to adjust. It's just difficult for them to do it because they have quite completely different perception of, of, of time. They, they perceive time in a completely different way than anyone else. Uh, they usually suffer from low self-esteem because ADHD causes uh, <laughs> failures. And if the constant, the constant feeling that you're you're pretending and not 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 really doing it, you constantly need approval, right? Yeah. Again, like your brain's not getting these things verification validation um you because you mask really well mm -hmm. really good at it um that everything's okay and we also are are we tend to be people that offer gifts of of service and we we want other people to be happy and we want to you know that for us is fulfilling for us mm -hmm. um you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's, that's the tricky thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause, cause so, you're constantly, you want to do something for somebody. You hope that it makes them happy. You hope that it makes them love you. You hope that you, you know, you've impressed them or whatever, you know, whatever you're trying. And if you don't get that feedback, then it's like crushing. Mm -hmm. It's really crushing. And I think a lot of people with ADHD have a similar thing. Yeah. I listened to an interview with a, um, with a psychiatrist when preparing to, to have this conversation with you. And she said that the, what I mentioned earlier, there is no, no cure or treatment for ADHD. What you can do is try and help build confidence yeah. 
in the person who has ADHD. So affirmation, reassurance, confirming that or, or um, validation, as you said, uh, letting the, the, the people with ADHD know that they've done a good job uh, and confirming that constantly is probably a good way. And this is especially important in children because you need to build that confidence early so that they do not become too self-aware, too self, no, self-aware is not the right word, self-confident. I, um, I am starting to see certain things in my oldest daughter that similarities to me in processing and, and um, you know, my wife and I have recognized that positive reinforcement gets better results. Oh I'm yeah. So happier. It just makes her so happy. Yeah. But it's, again, it's, it's extremely difficult for like, for me, uh, yeah. I was uh, brought up in, let's call it a traditional family in a family that does things in traditional ways, uh, certain cultural patterns, even. Societal, maybe. Societal. And then there was a time when my parents tried to impose those same, the, the same system of rules, guidelines, values, and so on, onto my son. And I needed to explain to them that this is not how it's going to go down because he functions in a different way. You cannot apply those rules because he will just not abide. And if you keep insisting, you will, you know, reach the opposite effect. And that helped that their relationship now is, is much different just because they don't like for <laughs> stupid example, but I Sunday dinner at my house, was always served at 1 p.m. No matter if I was hungry. Right. It was just the we hour of the dinner. Yeah. We eat at 1 p.m. Yeah. My mom gets busy at 12 to serve the dinner. She serves it at 1. No one cares if you're hungry. Just Gotta eat your eat. dinner. Yeah. yeah. My son eats when he is hungry. Right. <laughs> and he communicates that he is hungry. So my mom needed to learn that yes, we will come to your house at one o'clock to visit. He just might not eat till seven o'clock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's that's another thing that we need to observe because people with ADHD very often have problems with establishing whether they are actually hungry or thirsty. So... Oh God. People with ADHD have serious problems with food. I do too. I don't know when to stop. I don't, but then again, I could go all day without eating. But if I like something, right, like ramen noodles, right, I'm mm. terrible, right? If I want ramen noodles, I don't want one pack of ramen noodles. I don't want two packs of ramen noodles. I want four packs of ramen noodles. And I probably want some eggs on top too, right? Mm. And I hurt. I hurt. It doesn't feel good. I don't like it. So, like, I, I've I've started, you know, I'm 39. I'm getting older, right? I want it, and I don't get the chance to work out as much as I, I, I would like. You know, so I'm starting to watch what I eat. I prepare my lunch meals every day now. I have the same thing for lunch. It's prepared. All I have to do is heat it up and put an egg on top. And and that's that's what I eat for lunch. Otherwise, I either won't eat or I binge. My wife is the same. Yeah. Like, and she binges on sweets 
to the point where she feels like vomiting or she doesn't eat anything and sometimes like we could have a fridge full, full of food but then she will just open the fridge stare at it <laughs> then close the fridge and go eat eat some sweets and then some more because obviously she's hungry so she needs to uh, you know satisfy the hunger so she eats more sweets and it's just it becomes dis- destructive again uh because it's not healthy to just eat sugar or so... it's, it's i'm i'm hungry right oh but that book over there looks really good let me just open it up and check it out and then five chapters later you're like i'm i'm still hungry <laughs> right the book, and then the book didn't help. and then you're uh-huh. reading the book and you're like oh i forgot that the game was on and then you put the game on and then you've got the game on you're kind of reading the book the game's on and oh you just my favorite team just signed this new player let's go read their whole life story life, Wikipedia. yeah mm-hmm. and right? it's midnight already but it's, it's just and then so it's late at night and you haven't eaten and, and it's like well do i eat now and and if the answer is yes you eat way too much and you don't sleep well mm-hmm. right <laughs> or you yeah. don't eat at all and that's not healthy either yeah and i come back to the to the example of of cleaning uh my wife started cleaning her wardrobe the other day and the way she cleans the wardrobe is she needs to empty it completely and then start putting things back in but first like you know remove the dust blah 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 so (laughs) exact same everything is on the floor on the couch on like my son has this wooden swing that we bought like theoper- the- therapeutic uh, therapeutic yeah therapeutic swing that uh, a wooden one with like a cushion and so on uh that's soothing for him uh he hasn't used it once because it's another wardrobe it's like it, you know so my wife emptied the wardrobe put everything on like all over the place and then she found something that was interesting in the wardrobe like a book so she started reading the book and then she was like, holy shit, I need to make dinner for, for, for Mike, Mike. So she went to the kitchen, she started doing dinner and then she was like, I was doing something. Oh, the wardrobe. And she came back and like, no, it's so messy. I cannot finish it now. <laughs> it's like the story of our day after day after day. So, so I, yeah. I, you know, not the same exact, so a, the wardrobe, the closet, right? If I want to organize my closet, everything's coming out and I'm organizing it and I'm probably getting rid of a lot of stuff. Like there's, there's a lot of purges that happen for people with ADHD. You get rid of, Oh, that was important to me once. Not anymore. Get rid of it. To to, to, uh, like extremes, right? Either you, you purge and you remove stuff or you binge. No, you not binge. You, you, you're a spendthrift and you just, buy because it gives you dopamine and you bring in four sweaters five pairs of trousers and then there's there's a reason why games workshop makes so much money selling the things that they sell it's very easy for somebody who is compulsive impulsive to just yeah i want to play leagues of otan now so here's 1800 hard-earned dollars but this but this towel oh, oh my god this towel is like so nice and yeah i i know that i know this exactly and yeah. I, i'm not diagnosed with anything but <laughs> i go through the same thing most of us do but then i imagine it's more, even more difficult with people who have it but I, I i think that's like an important thing though for the people out there that you know 
are finding commonalities in this because they seem like pretty common things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, well, yeah, I, I might have done that a couple of times. So maybe I have ADHD. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I think that these are things that are just happen to be more common and more similar with people mm-hmm. that are diagnosed or people that are on a spectrum. So, so that's I, I'm actually very happy that you mentioned this because um, I also wanted to, to 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 talk about that. When you let's say that this show inspires you, uh, my dear listener, uh, to read up on ADHD or to watch a show on YouTube where people talk about ADHD, ADHD, uh, you will have or be under the impression that you have all of that or some of that. Uh, and that's okay. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have ADHD because the reason why it's called a disorder, it's in the, in the name, is because those things start getting in the way of doing other things right. and make your life complicated. That's the difference. Like I remember when I read the book about ADHD for the first time, all the examples of the things that people with ADHD tend to do, like for example, or for instance, let's take the easiest one. If you wait for a bus at a bus stop and the indicator or just your watch says that the bus will come in 10 minutes, you're so impatient that you feel the need to walk to the next bus stop. I do that all the time, but it doesn't get in the way of my life anyway. It doesn't complicate my life. It doesn't make me feel bad. It doesn't disrupt my day plan or or schedule or anything. But if you 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 do those things, like yeah, you, you empty the wardrobe, you go to the kitchen, start making the food, but you don't actually make the food, and then go to the to the to the bathroom and you start or ordering the towels, but they all land on the floor, and then you go to your son's room and do something. And then the, the 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 flat turns into a junkyard, and you can't move anymore. That's when it's a disorder, and probably it needs attention. So you. That... So I also said at the beginning that ADHD can be a superpower too, mm-hmm. right? Uh, almost two years ago now, twenty three months ago, we moved into this house. We we built this house, and my wife, who is in. The, the U.S. Air Force Reserves had to go to 16 days of officer training. I had a six, seven-month-old and a six-year-old, and she was going to be gone exactly for 16 days when we moved. Mm-hmm. Right? Thank God she wasn't here because it allowed my my crazy brain to do what it had to do. There were boxes everywhere, things everywhere. And they got done and some of it, there was a very regimented order in which they got unpacked and put away. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But other times I would go into a room with the full intention to unpacking all of the boxes before doing anything else. And when I left that room two hours later, all of the furniture was assembled. Right. No Mm -hmm. boxes were unpacked. Now I got to go unpack those boxes. But first, (laughs) let's do the boxes that we started unpacking. Right. It all got done. But if anybody else was trying to do it with me, God help them. Like they would have hated me and I would have hated them because it's just, I don't operate the same way as other human beings. Well, some other human beings, Mm -hmm. typical human beings. Yeah. But, but 
And another thing, like, again, going back to why I think like I've just found ways to what my diagnosis, you asked this earlier, I don't think I gave you a complete answer. Like, how has it affected me since di post-diagnosis? It's giving me a, an appreciation for struggles and things that I would identify as traumas that have contributed in my life, right? Mm -hmm. It's it, When I was diagnosed and started to understand the more I read up on it, right, and the more work I did on myself, I started to, like, I could pick moments in my childhood and relationships that went bad or had, you know, and all of a sudden it made everything make sense, mm -hmm. right? And you didn't feel bad about yourself anymore or at least that's what my wife told me that she um stopped feeling shitty i mean i still hate myself every day but like it, I, I i hate myself a little bit less <laughs> but yeah or you know um, why at least because that's that's the thing most people with adhd we really hate ourselves we just think that we are the worst um and we can be confident and we could think that we're really good at things but you know like you said our self-esteem is terrible but you know for people with ADHD at work, it is not an easy thing to fit into somebody else's mold, right? Um, I have a system of doing things. That's the system that works for me. And if somebody messes with that system, it's a big problem. And it takes a long time to integrate and understand, right? So something as simple as like a project management software. We've been through four of them since I started with the company. We finally found a really good one, right? And I loved it. I was into it. This made sense. It fit with my brain. I took the time to really understand it. And then we changed it. My life was living hell for two months. Mm -hmm. You know, because the, the your your comfort zone was affected. And it, and it just didn't. It wasn't my language, right? Like mm -hmm. it just didn't flow. Things didn't connect the way that 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 I needed them for me to make sense of it again, because mm -hmm. it, but it worked for everybody else, right? Um, and it still works for everybody else. But then we just made a couple changes. My colleague, Amy, you know, she really helped. And those couple changes now, it makes a lot of sense. And I love it. But I still keep a to-do list. Mm. I still have to check things off, right? I that's can't awesome. start a task. That's with work. I am never, ever somebody who can start a project today with the the understanding that I have three weeks to do it. I'll just come back to it a couple times. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. If I start that project today, I'm going to work on it until it is it, it is either done that day or to the point that I can't work anymore. And I have to put a couple notes inside to remind myself and highlight something so I know exactly where to go, right where I picked up on and, and get back to it the next day. Um, that, I that's can't also, mm -hmm. work on three things at once. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's 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 also the thing that is, I guess, helpful to people who have ADHD. It's it can be, uh, it can be like, uh, like my wife very often has a feeling of that 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 she is wasting away the days because she wakes up in the morning, then she decides that she's going to sleep some more because our son is at school, so. Like she doesn't feel like cleaning or cooking or something, so she goes to sleep. Then it's already midday. She needs to walk the dogs, so she walks the dogs. Come back home. Uh, comes back home. Uh, she knows that she should clean something, but she just cannot get down to it. Get she, she cannot force herself to to do it. So we there are just some food. projects that are impossible. So exactly. So we order food, 
and then it's the evening already and then she becomes hyperactive like at 9 p.m so 9 p.m is her favorite time to start cleaning doing the washing and so on that's why our washing machine and our dryer run all night which is a problem because we live in a block of flats with neighbors underneath and above us and they don't and yeah so so what helps is creating a plan but usually the people with ADHD cannot create the plan themselves. So I have to, I, I have to create the plan. So there are people who, who have to, yeah. because it's their like a uh, professional obligation or, or necessity. But, uh, my wife is, uh, essentially she, she, she is at home. She's taking care of our son. She's getting like a social benefit for it. This is our agreement that, you know, because she, she got, she was depressed because of her work. So she gave up work at school and she is now, uh, catering for the needs of, of, of our son, mm -hmm. um, which is, and which is a valiant profession as well. Yes, but she's not in the, in, in that place where she needs to create the plan herself, like you, yeah. uh, for example. So I sometimes create the plan for her. But it also not often that doesn't always work. But in yeah. general, it does create a framework. It does create some order, and again, that is something that is welcome in people with ADHD to have order, yeah. to have some rules to follow. That helps, from what I hear. So I mean, for me, I'm. Uh... I, I, I've heard that for other people too. I think that's where I'm a little atypical to um, being. The other atypical. Yeah, it's the other atypical. Yeah, it, it's. I have to maybe maybe there's something else. Said so we all live on a spectrum, but like, my framework has to be my framework, and that could be problematic. It was problematic for me and my former business partner. I was a shitty business partner. I mean, we probably both played you know, not, not great roles in that, that partnership. Um, and we've come to terms with it and, and we're great friends now. Um, but I didn't know how to deal with the fact that I needed things to be done a certain way. And I was not a pleasant person to work with then. Um, I've grown a lot from that. And I'm very fortunate to work with people like Bo and, and formerly Jonas, who's retired, who celebrated that and and also allowed me the room to work the way that I need to work. Um, mm -hmm. uh, very very fortunate about that. Um, so, but yeah, I need structure. I need to, but I need to control the structure. So, do you think now to tie it in with the the, the hobby, so that you mm -hmm. know, no one can accuse me of not talking about forty k? Is forty k or any other uh, miniature game like this? that kind of framework that gives people peace, solace, satisfaction, you name it. Like, is this what you get from 40K, for example? I get... I mean, that, that, that framework and so on, that the rules that you have to abide, that so all this. I think that I fell in love with 40K and tabletop gaming was because I could make something my own within a set of guidelines mm -hmm. that yeah, was a set of guidelines yeah right there's this you could only have got a bug in my room mm. um you know you have two thousand points for back when i started it was 1850 
right? Mm -hmm. um, you have a, uh, a forced organization chart that says that you could bring three of anything, but no more. Um, and certain things work together in certain ways. Mm -hmm. um, and finding the way certain things work together and optimizing that didn't become fun for me until later. Initially, it was, oh, this looks cool. This seems fun, you know, and making it what it was. But then when I started playing competitively and taking it seriously, it was optimizing it much like I had to learn to optimize the way that I work mm -hmm. to make things successful. Um, so, yeah, I think for, for, for me, that... And it was also something that could help me shut everything else off, like sitting on back in the day when it was, it was, um, uh, what was the app called? Why well, can't battle scribe, right? Battle scribe. Yeah. Right? We don't use that anymore because we all use the app. Right. But, um, Speaking you know, just tinkering with lists and, and, and yeah. being forced to think about, oh, okay. So that is strength eight, you know, uh, AP two, two damage. Uh, it's got a range of this and trying to work within those bubbles. And I think that's why when I played and I was playing competitively, you know, yes, when I had my most success, I was playing an absolute nightmare cancer of a list. But the movement phase is what I like because it's seeing the things take shape and move on the table. That gives me a rush. I could never uh -huh. play a list that was, oh, I'm just going to sit here and shoot at you. No, I'm coming at you and I'm going to fight. In fact, the reason I won the GT that I won is because I charged uh, Sean Naden with a storm talent. A storm talent. <laughs> and honestly, it was the most genius move things. I've ever made in all of 40k. It saved me the game. Mm -hmm. Right? But when I'm going to run things into you. <laughs> but when you spoke about that list building and so on, yeah. and it, it helps you... you I. I don't know if that was the expression that you used, but shut off all the other things. Because it allows Meaning, me to hyper-focus. It's hyper kind of like the same thing with work, right? That's right? where I was going. So that's the hyper-fixation yeah. thing, right? That's that's the other side. I, I can't believe we waited an hour and 22 minutes to mention, <laughs> to mention it. Hyper-fixation yeah. is a real thing with people. With, and I guess we kind of alluded to it with uh, you know, being distracted. It's not so much that you're distracted. You get hyper-fixated on something else. Yeah, different things. And it's hard to directly focus like a like a a buffed up last cannon. You've got mm -hmm. one chance at this, right? It's hard to directly focus that energy at one thing if you are not prepared and ready to do it. The environment so, and the yeah. Is this where where this superpower bit comes into into Trying play? To hone it. So like hyper focusing, does it help at work, for example? Are you more efficient thanks to that? Both, I think, because of the work that I do, right, mm -hmm. um, they both help and have aided me at this position, at this job, with this company in this industry. Would it be that way if I was working in the, the tennis sporting goods industry? I don't know. Uh, would it work this way if I... If I was working in, in banking, absolutely not. I'd be thrown out the 34th window, right? Mm -hmm. Um but because of the nature of what I do, you know, I am I am able to see something from a broad scope. Because again, I think of all 
all all things happening the best way for for something to happen the worst way for it to happen I've, I've, i can take that all into consideration when i lay out a plan right and there's enough tasks and things and variations to what i do to where some days i'm i'm in meetings from 6 a.m until now which was basically today right i had a two-hour break to feed my kids and pick them up pick them up from school and feed the kids right um and there's other days where I am deep in tasks and designing things or editing video, not as much anymore because I'm building a team around it. It's a whole thing. But then again, I have to get hyper-focused. If I need to make a business case for something, or if I'm going to pitch this great idea, or if I think that we really should consider uh, partnering or sponsoring or developing this new product, I need to lock in and, and just hash that out and not think about the other things, not read my emails, not respond to the comments, uh, not entertain any other phone calls or meetings, um, not have the dishwasher running. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like I have to be hyper-focused for that. But what, where I believe it's been a superpower for me is the fact that I understand it now. So even though I can't stop the sad days where i'm unmotivated and just want to sit i just know i need to do a different kind of work that day mm -hmm. right and honestly those are sometimes the days when i'm unmotivated and i shut everything else off to where i can put that last cannon up take aim and and you know try and make that that one shot count um the other days when i'm a scatter laser and these are actual terms that bo and i use the founder of the company like okay That's we got to we got a lot of scatter lasers, you know, happening right now and they're great at some things, but sometimes we need that last cannon focus. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but other days I'm a scatter laser and I, Oh, I haven't thought about this, you know, this paint that we're working on. Let me try it right now before I get back to this email that I haven't finished. And, Oh, you're messaging me about this. And I've got, Oh, this content creator. And like, you do this on impulse because that's another thing. Impulse yeah, yeah. Is, is, it's just inbuilt. It's like yeah. uh what's is it not Schrodinger? That's Schrodinger's cat. What's the other one about the dog? Pavlov's dog. Oh uh, like yeah, you, so you react to the notification and it's like, ooh, mm -hmm. you hear the notification. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> it's like when I was preparing for this, I thought about um up the movie. Yeah uh, where you have Doug the Labrador, I think. Yeah. He's. I love him. My wife loves him. Our son loves him. But you know the scene where he like introduces himself and he says, "Like welcome, I love you." And rub it. Yep. That's exactly the depiction of what we're talking about. But it, and I think that the reason why it works for me is because I understand that and the role that I play, uh, and like some of the the, the responsibilities that I have, cater to that. Mm -hmm. Like I said, like I I. I would be a terrible accountant. I would be the worst. A lot of things, mm -hmm. like a lot of things. I'm very fortunate that I had that fourth grade teacher who sent me to take a test and realized I needed to be taught a different way. I'm very mm -hmm. fortunate that I'm at a company to where all of these symptoms I'm able to act. Why do balloons keep popping up? What is that about? Uh, that's that again. that's that's. I think your computer, not mine. A second it's ago, happened. there was like this speech bubble with a thumbs up, and I had no idea where this came from. This happened the other day when I was doing. I, 
I think I was doing a, a recording with uh, Calum from Heresy for Heretics. Like it must be your uh, like the camera must have some software that um, it's just that my MacBook camera. I don't know. Um, yeah, but um, so I have a because I cannot keep keep you here forever. Uh, so I have a bunch of like questions that came from my wife because she was also interested. What's your in, wife's uh, name? Hanya. Hanya? Or, well, Hannah, but Hannah, it, Hannah. the diminutive is Hanya. So um, she, I told her that I was going to speak to a successful person who has been diagnosed with uh, ADHD and whether there are any questions that she would like to ask someone who was professionally successful with ADHD. Uh, some of those questions they have already asked because like the, the question about the, like, was it a breakthrough for you to get the diagnosis and, you know, yeah. does it change anything in your life? Um, functioning in the relationship as well but uh one of the, the 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 questions that she had asked was how are you able to concentrate on a game that has so many rules because for her memorizing all of those is simply impossible yeah so i am it, it was difficult and what worked for me is that i had a whole addition essentially Mm -hmm. um and the addition between when i was trying to be successful at, at 40k right if i'm just playing a game i don't give a crap what your rules are i know mine and what okay that sounds like it's tough cool mm -hmm. i'll try and kill that first right but um competitively it was very fortunate for me because the addition change between eighth and ninth edition wasn't that drastic mm -hmm. right um and while if you listen to my old podcast, there were probably three moments where I changed armies at very like inopportune times, right? Like last, they might have seemed a little bit last minute. Um, I at least had an understanding of the meta and and what things did, um, just because it had kind of been consistent throughout. Like it, it, between eighth and ninth edition, yeah, you had certain things come and certain new units would come and new codexes, but that was one thing that changed. Dark Eldar still suck, right? Grey Knights still suck unless Jack Harpster's playing it, right? Mm -hmm. There, There's certain... So all you really had to focus on, at least then, was the, the big bad combos that existed. And if you knew what they did, you knew how to handle it. And it all became about That's target priority, it. right? Mm -hmm. um, but for me, playing... Um, there's a reason why I don't jump to a lot of different armies. Um, I, I've pretty consistently played Space Marines, some form of Tyranids. I've just started an, my, an Imperial Guard army because it's been kind of like a long, lifelong dream to do this thematic army. But, I, you know, some Marine variant and, and, and yeah. So I, I just knew what my armies did really well. Um, and that made it easy. And, and as long as I knew what my stuff did and I had a general understanding of what my opponent did, you know, that was enough. That was enough. Mm -hmm. And at that point it becomes a dice game and you just got to be good at, at the other aspects. But again, that's why I think I leaned into combat and movement armies because you're not dictating anything other than finding the best way to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. it became like problem solving, just trying to, to do that. But for me, that's that's what allowed me to do that. I'm sure some people struggle, though. Mm. 
So the next question was about like hyper focus, but we did mention this. Uh, and the next one was about impulsiveness and doing things on impulse, which again I think we touched upon. Do you forget to eat and drink? That was <laughs> her question as well. But then oh, this one is something that we haven't touched upon yet. Is it difficult for you to maintain long-term relationships? Because uh, it's it's a challenge for my wife, for example, to work on relationships for a longer while. So she doesn't have many friends. And then if yes, then how does it affect your business, for example? So for me, I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't have to be uniform for like every person no, it, or applicable for any person with, with ADHD. It's just something that she no. experiences and thought that maybe it's a common thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not for me. No. I mean, I, I've been with my wife for 10, well, married for 10 years together for 13. Um, you know, I still talk to my best friend from high school. I still keep in touch with people that I knew in grade school who I haven't seen mm -hmm. since the eighth grade, you know. Um, so I don't think so, mm -hmm. but I'd have to ask the other people. It's probably harder for people to maintain a relationship with me, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but, but it's it's good. You know. It's it's I'm actually happy with that answer because it also again to our listeners who who are using this video to learn about ADHD it only shows that every person with ADHD is different and you cannot really put everyone in one bucket or one basket or whatever the, the expression is uh because as we said at the very beginning it's a spectrum so in some some certain features are going to be stronger in others other other features are going to be more prevalent so um you don't treat and approach everyone with the same sort of measuring stick because it's not going to work. Uh, so my wife, my wife also wanted to know, uh, and you touched upon it already, but how do you deal with stimuli and being overstimulated? For example, after an event. So I, I think you said it, it's it, it takes a couple of days, right? To yeah, and it's it's sort it, out. it does and. I kind of go into a place where I, I, I'm still hyperactive and can sometimes hyper fixate on, on things. But for me, it's, it's, that's probably when I'm the hardest to, to be around for my wife and other people in my life. Um, because I have no energy. Um, mm -hmm. and I have no, for being in it, it's like I turn into the complete opposite person, right? I'm still Adam, but like, I am always eager to have conversations and engage and meet people. Like, it's just, I crave that. Um, and I work from home, so I don't get a lot of that outside of my, my family and maybe the neighbors every now and then. But, um, you know, but when I do finally come back, you know, usually it's the, oh, you're back and I miss you and I do and I miss my kids and I love them. I give them big hugs and... Um, tell me all about your trip and it's like you know like you, you just don't have the energy and you don't want to think about it sometimes you want to talk about it and sometimes you come back and you're still kind of riding that high a little bit mm -hmm. it's like oh my god like it was such a good thing i'm so you know and i've had many times like that but the next day shut i don't down. just completely shut down put me in a, mm -hmm. a put me in a dark closet with a small lamp and and 
and don't you know, touch me for a day. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy and it's not pleasant. And I, I'm sure I, I am just a terrible dick to people. I mean, I, I don't go out trying to make people mad or push them away. I just, I can't focus on anything else. I can't focus on anything. Mm-hmm. So, so do you, do you, do you, do you uh, deal with this somehow? Like, do, do you let your wife or, well, it's difficult to let your kids know because they will do what kids they do don't... anyway give a crap yeah, exactly no. but it's actually right. in, in some uh-huh. ways it's it's that's kids kind of help that because you know how can i not how can i be sad when my you know youngest if she's you know not being crazy because she is two but like if she's being sweet with me and love you with me or you know doing something silly or saying a new word or you know how can you not be happy at that mm-hmm. like it's and that's the constant um you know, like the depression side of things, you feel bad for feeling bad. And you don't like that you feel that way. And because you feel that way, right? Because you kind of, you don't like yourself right now, or you're just a little bummed because your brain's not working the way it needs to. What do you turn to? Giving acts of service doing things. No, just let me do it. Um, because you're trying to make up for it, right? You, yeah, you're, you're, you're the golden to... retriever trying to be liked by everyone. And make up for it because you know that you're not awesome right now. Um, but that doesn't fix it because, and this is the, this is the constant thing that my brain does, right? Because I'm constantly thinking about this stuff. I can't not think about this, but like you want to fix it right you want the affirmation that what you did was good right you might not get that affirmation and that reinforces the you're a piece of shit adam feeling right and it just that's where the problem is for me it's it's hard because all i want is to be told thank you, or yes, I appreciate that, or you're so good. But nobody wants to tell you that, you know, they appreciate that and give you affirmation when you're being a sad lump of coal. You know what I mean? Like, why would would anybody want to tell you that? You look like a shriveled, sad nutsack. Why would I want (laughs) to give you a hug and say, thanks for taking the trash out for me? Yeah, especially like if people. Sorry about my language, by the way. (laughs) Don't worry. Especially when when people approach such topics as it's your obligation, you should do it. Like, why do we expect appreciation for something that is? We agreed you would do this. Like, we split duties at home. That's what you do. I'm not going to pat you on the back every single time when you do it. But that's the thing. You actually should. (laughs) But and and it doesn't have to be. It's that's. I think that that. A lot of us, right, that the the Labradors put ourselves in situations that we don't need to be in because we don't need to take the trash out every time if we're, you know, there's other people in our lives that are perfectly capable of doing that. And it doesn't mean the world to them because you do it, right? It doesn't. Yeah, I'm sure that they're thankful, but they don't need to acknowledge it every freaking time. You're just being a human being. It's, it's, yeah. I tell you, like our brains are weird. They just don't work the same way. 
And you're constantly having this conversation over and over again with yourself, trying to figure out what you did wrong. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the lady, the lady that I listened to earlier today said, and I don't know if you can relate to that, but she said that, uh, well, it's a, first of all, it, the, the, it's like permanent race of thoughts. But then she said to, to a person who doesn't know what it feels like to suffer from ADHD and what happens inside the brain, there are people who during or after COVID suffered from what, what, what scientists call the COVID fog. No, I didn't so, hear so that. She, so, yeah, so she, she I, I suffered from COVID and for a week I felt like my head is empty. I couldn't really remember things. I couldn't think about things. Like if you gave me like an equation to calculate, I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, so yeah, uh, that is something that if, if someone had suffered from COVID and experienced something like this, it's a, apparently it's a comparable sort of sensation. Think, think about it like this. This is a good way of describing it. And I think that this is why people with ADHD actually thrive in stressful, catastrophic situations. I, I genuinely think that we do that the house is burning down. You know, you've got goldfish and uh, money buried under the, you will get it all done. You will get everybody to where they need to be and everything like, or at least try, right? We act mm -hmm. because again, we are used to all of that commotion. We are used to it. Like um, there's a weird sense of calm that comes over me when everybody else starts freaking out about something. Because, and, one thing and, with my wife, yeah, she yeah. she has the same thing. Like there, there was a, uh huh. Go on. It's just the, it's the strangest thing, and all I can like equate it to is like, think about when the next time you're flying, right? You've got kids with you. They're upset. They're crying. One of them's sick. They're hungry. You lost a bag. Uh, you've got a tight connection. You might miss the flight. At the same time, somebody got sick on the plane and is puking. Um, and another one's yelling at the flight attendant, you're trying to get off the plane, but you can't because your other kid <laughs> shit in their diaper and you don't want to do it in the airport. So you're trying to get, and all of that needs to be done. And I'm not saying that we're good at, at, at handling this, but that is what it's like living in your, in, in somebody with ADHD's head all of the time. You're constantly dealing with all of this stuff and why you know, the reason why we're talking about this is because we have something in common and that's that's the hobby that's gaming and miniatures. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of goes back to Hannah's question. Thanks for writing in, Hannah. <laughs> um, is that when you focus and are able to focus on something, it gives us great satisfaction because everything else goes away. The chaos is not there. And when you're locked in that game, I think my why I think 40k is healthy for me, especially like tournament play. Uh, you know, when I I stopped going to events just to party and have fun, and started to go and 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 try and win, but also engage and have fun with my opponent. Right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, I get to make friends with this person, make a connection with them, and we get to tell a story together through what is happening on the tabletop. My focus is on you and what's happening on this board. I can't think about work. I can't think about anything else 
when I'm doing that. I can't think about all the weird stuff that goes through my head. And that's why it's almost like, it's not even therapy, but it's, it's just a release. It's, it's a, it's a vacuum that you need. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, my son has uh, something similar. So he called um, like his fixation and his, the thing that he hyper focuses on are washing machines. People who know us. I was going to ask about the one in the background because it's, it's been meaning to. Oh yeah. So that's one of them, but he, I should, you not. he has right now 62 toy washing machines. Love it. And this is, this does not include at least three travel washing machines that like portable washing machines that we have that, that are fully operational and can actually do the laundry and so on. Uh, and he just, when he comes back from school or he wants to do laundry, either he wants to do laundry or he just sits because, you know, he's very into like this circular movement. Yeah. So he just sits there, hyper focuses on the, the drum of the selected washing machine and uh and it just spins for hours and hours and hours and he just stares at it and and that brings him peace immense joy and peace yeah exactly and so. it, it and, and i i promise you there's not many other kids or people that share your son's diagnosis that that's their thing you know just because you're diagnosed with you said he's autism and adhd yeah. So just because you have autism and ADHD doesn't mean that your thing is is washing machines. It might be bugs, right? It might and be forty k. It might be forty k. Yeah, and I, I I think that that's the 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 you know kind of going back to you know your son's grandparents. That's why it's difficult for them. It's not exact. Mm -hmm. I think our generation, the generation after us is more comfortable with the gray area of everything, whether Absolutely. that's, that's mental health, whether that's diagnoses, whether that's relationships, whether that's gender or sexuality or political alignments, they exist in the gray area mm -hmm. and they don't like to be, they don't like to be categorized unless they really yeah. want to be categorized. They, they, they don't, you know. They don't want to necessarily, I think that's why the spectrum works for, and they're more accepting of it because they recognize that it's gray area. It's not black or white. It is not neurotypical or neurodivergent, right? It's a spectrum in between that, in my opinion. And um, I think that's the struggle is that it's it's not finite. It's not black and white. Yep. It's it's confusing and it's gray, and but so is life. Very much so. Uh, I just looked at the clock, and for me, it's 3 a.m. right now. You need to go to bed. I think I need to go to bed because I need to wake up in 3 hours and 15 minutes. I'm <laughs> so, very sorry. Um, no, I, I I requested this, so don't worry. I, it's just as planned. Um, do not wake up Hannah when you go to bed. Uh, I think I won't because I think we did the bed before we started recording this. So I just need to slide in under my cover and it's going to be okay. Uh, but anyway, Adam, it's been great pleasure talking to you. I appreciate the 
the openness. I know that the topic is not very easy to talk about, as we said, taboo to some. Not everyone is as open about it as you are. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, really, thank you, uh, because it's it's been very eye opening, and I hope it's going to be very eye opening to, to to whoever listens to this as well. Um, and yeah, I hope we can bring you on the show uh, sometime in the future again to talk yeah. about more uh, mental health and men's mental health and so on. I think there are going to be opportunities and, and there is a plethora of topics that we can touch upon together. Well, I, I sincerely appreciate it. And, um, you know, my only hope is that talking about it and maybe being open about it, somebody can identify that it's not that scary to do. Like, I don't think I'm going to be hung by the 40K community because I talked about being sad every now and then. No. Right? So um, I hope that if anybody out there is is struggling with their mental health, um, sees any common uh, common ground with what we talked about today, that they, they just be open to the idea that maybe they should go get their ankle checked out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Just, yeah, well just, put. Just check, just check on it. But thank you so much. To get Get to bed, okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to in a moment. But to all our listeners, uh, again, as we said, uh, get rid of the idea that this is a taboo. Uh, in the 21st century, you are, you are allowed to have feelings and you are allowed to talk about them. And if you're afraid of going to the therapist, start with a friend. If you have a trusted friend, then start with a friend. But then perhaps at some point, it's going to be, it's, it's good to, to reach out to a specialist who can actually help you. Um, I'll finish finish the topic here. Uh, make sure that you visit our Facebook page because every Thursday there's going to be, if you enjoyed this, then uh, there's Thoughtful Thursday is a thing. So there are going to be more posts, more interviews, either recorded like this one or in written form. So you can read that when you drink your morning coffee at work. Um, there are also other themed days that we are doing now. And uh, yeah, make sure that you like, subscribe, and follow uh, us on social media, on Spotify, and so on. Leave a review if you can, because it will help us grow. Um, and I guess that's it. Thank you, everyone. And until next time. Bye-bye.